0: This morning we've got Pastor Tony who's going to bring the word and uh, minister to us, so Pastor Tony.
1: Just pray for a moment. Father, thank you for the privilege of being in your presence. Lord, we declare your Holy Spirit sovereign here this morning. We come with open hearts, surrendered lives. Do what you will with us. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 The presence of God, it is joy unspeakable, full of glory, and the half has never yet been told. There's always more. There is always more, because the God that we worship, the God that we serve, is the God of the more. And I don't know how you feel this morning, but I want more. Amen? Amen. You know, when when we were at home, uh, and those of you who know me well and have had me sit at your table or you sit at my table will know that I enjoy my food. But we were told that when you... We were taught at home, when you leave the table, get up as though you could eat more. Now, I found that difficult. But when you come into the presence of God, you go out full because you can't take any more. But he always leaves you with that stretched appetite that you want to come back for more. Amen? Uh, Turn with me for a moment to Ezekiel chapter 47. Now, we're not going into prophecy this morning. This part of Ezekiel is just something that I feel that God is saying to us as a company of God's people at this moment in time. Uh, Ezekiel 47. I'm going to begin reading at the first verse. Uh, Ezekiel is in the middle of a vision, and it's an active vision where he is being led around the temple, and these are things that have yet to come to pass. He's he's walking with the angel who has the measuring stick measuring the, the various dimensions of the new temple, But having gone round the temple, having gone through the inside of the temple, the various compartments, he comes to to the south side of the temple, and then he starts to measure. Let's read what he says. The man brought me back to the entrance of the temple, and I saw water coming out from under the threshold of the temple toward the east, "'because the temple faced east. "'The water was coming down "'from under the south side of the temple, "'south of the altar. "'He then brought me out through the north gate "'and led me around the outside "'to the outer gate facing east, "'and the water was flowing from the south side. "'As the man went eastward "'with a measuring line in his hand, "'he measured off a thousand cubits,' That's about 1,500 feet. And then he led me through water that was ankle deep. He measured off another 1,000 cubits and led me through water that was knee deep. When I arrived there, I saw a great number of trees on each side of the river. He said to me, This water flows toward the eastern region and goes down into the Arabah where it enters the sea. When it empties onto the sea, the water there becomes fresh. Swarms of living creatures will live wherever the river flows. There will be a large number of fish, Because this water flows there and makes the salt water fresh. So, where the river flows, this is important where the river flows, everything will live. Where the river flows, everything will live. In a moment, we're going to to also go to John chapter 4. So keep your thumb in your Bible there, and we'll have a look what Jesus said about this. Uh, This river, it flows down to the Araba. The Araba begins at the southern end of the Dead Sea. How many of you have stood on the shores of the Dead Sea? Yes, if you've been to Israel, you will do. I stood there once... I've only been once to the Dead Sea and I, I just looked at the thermometer on the wall and it was measuring 54. That's just a little bit warm. And you could, I, I did this myself. I was fully clothed. I went under a beach shower, had a shower, came out and within two or three minutes I was bone dry. It was that hot. But you see, the region that's spoken of here is dead, it is arid, it is totally, absolutely lifeless. Now, that's in its natural state. But you see, we deal with a supernatural God. And uh, we have to accept something. As people of a supernatural God, the supernatural must become the norm. Amen? Amen? It must become the norm by which we live every day. Now, this river, it speaks to me of people. I don't mean the river of people, but I see people. And one of the problems with God's people is that when they see the river, the water of life that comes from Father, they sort of, like a little child for the first time on the beach, they dip their toe in the water, and that's as far as they get. You see, Ezekiel was taken on a walk. Now, Ezekiel was a man of faith. If an angel's taking me on a walk like this, I've got to have faith. Amen? He went to the edge of the water, it was ankle deep. He went to the next stage, it was knee deep. He went to the next stage, it was waist deep. The next stage, he lost his footing. And this is where the trouble very often lies with God's people. They like to keep their feet on the ground, something solid, instead of trusting God to get out of their depth, out of their depth into the presence of God. Look, if you thought worship was good this morning, you've seen nothing yet because these guys are being continuously led by the Holy Spirit into an ever-deeper level of God's presence. And there is a situation coming in this church where the whole thing is going to change. Um, This here started for me about a month ago. Uh, I was asked to speak at a men's meeting. Never in my life had I ever spoken at a men's meeting. I've been to many, I've led a large number, but I have never spoken, I've never ministered, I've never taught at a men's meeting. And it's something that started to grow. And it's been growing, and it's been growing, and it will not go away. When Pastor Alan rang me on Tuesday, he said, you've got anything in your heart? I thought, what a question. (laughs) I said, yeah. He said, can you just give me a brief outline? So I did. He said, can you preach Sunday morning? (laughs) That was not what I was expecting, but hey, here we are. Let's turn to John's Gospel chapter 4 for a minute. Just draw a few parallels here. You know what John chapter 4 is? The woman at the well of Sychar. Uh, let's pick it up at verse 7. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. And here was the first connection, convention that Jesus broke. The Jews never spoke with, the Jewish man never spoke with a strange woman on his own. Okay? The Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For the Jews do not associate with the Samaritans. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us this well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his flocks and his herds? Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up To eternal life. Do you understand something about the water of God? It is never stagnant, it is always flowing, and the water of God that comes into your life and comes into my life can never, ever remain there. It has to have an outlet. We can call it ministry, call it what you like, but it has to have an outlet because that water has to flow to be able to do its job. Something else about this water, to do its job properly, to bring life, to bring nourishment, to uh, uh, to, to bring the whole sense of a new creation, if you like, the water has got to have contact. In, vision, in Ezekiel's vision, it was after the water had passed and had contact with the dead, arid, uh, the dead, arid reason, region. The whole thing became alive, and suddenly you get a restoration to what God intended uh, creation to be in the beginning. Now, when this woman met Jesus. She was emotionally, she was morally, she was spiritually bankrupt. That was the situation. Her life was totally empty, it was dry, it was arid. By the time Jesus had finished with her, and they talked about water. And I'm sorry to bring a subject that's, uh, that's seasonal uh, because we've had a lot of water around us, but that's different water than this. This is eternal. It never goes away. It never dries up. It never ends. By the time Jesus finished with her, she was an evangelist because she went out Into the city, she told the citizens, Come see a man who told me everything I ever did. They knew her reputation. That's why she went to gather water on her own. Nobody else would have anything else to do with her. So they came, they saw, they heard Jesus. What was their reaction? When they next saw the woman, they said, In the beginning, we had your testimony. And we went out, if you like, in curiosity. I wonder how many people will come to this church when the water is flowing because of curiosity. It doesn't matter their, ne- their, their reason for coming. Once they're here, God will deal with them. Amen. They came out of curiosity. They saw Jesus. Now they said, we have seen for ourselves. Amen. You see, you come into worship here this morning. And you're having a personal experience, a personal encounter with a personal eternal God who is bringing up into your life a river of water. We have, uh, have you noticed how over the period of years, the languages that we speak can change? We have new words coming into the language continuously, and uh, one of the words that's come in uh, is, is "footprint." Now, this church has a footprint; it has a visible footprint. It's out here; it's recorded on plans. It is the, the, the geographical, if you like, territory that we that we. We are planted in. It's here, that building, this building, the car parks, the roads surrounding, so on and so forth. It's in our name. But there is another footprint that has far greater implications. It is a, a footprint that cannot be seen with the physical eye. It can only be seen with the spiritual eye, and that is the effect that this church has on the community that it serves. Uh, come on, we serve a pretty big community. When you consider the distances covered by people, I mean, we co- were in Liverpool it's roughly 29 miles door to door. Brian and Judy and others are up in Bolton. We've got others way up in Lanc- Lancashire. We've got others down the south of Manchester. The footprint, the spiritual footprint of this church is huge and it is expanding because of what God is doing right here. If you like, you can liken this to the temple that uh, Ezekiel saw with the water flowing out because the water doesn't come from a, a physical um, bricks and mortar. It comes out of people because we, according to Paul in, in, in Ephesians, we are the new temple. We are the walking temple. We are the physical temple and what comes out of us has got to be spirit and it's got to be life because Jesus declared uh, in John I think it's John chapter 6 he declared to his disciples and to those who were listening the words that I speak they are spirit and they are life. And when you walk out of this door today You have been in the presence of God. Therefore, you are going to speak words that are spirit and you are going to speak words that are life. Everyone you touch will experience life, life coming from you. If we we have a prayer line later on in the service, we will be imparting spirit and life. Because God is a spirit, and they that worship him, worship him in spirit and in truth. So when we touch people, we touch with life, we touch with truth, because Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. At this moment in time... Along with hundreds, perhaps thousands of other assemblies of God's people, this church stands on the same holy ground as the 120 on the day of Pentecost. But before they could be in that position, Jesus had a final obstacle that he had to remove. If you read in Acts chapter 1, they asked him a question just before he was taken from them. Is this the time you're going to restore the kingdom of Israel? They had this tunnel vision. Despite the great commission that was given to them, going to all of the world, you know, some of you here are teachers. Some of you uh, teach English. What is it about those three letters, A-double-L, that a lot of people cannot understand? Go into all the world and preach the gospel. Jesus said it is not for you to know the times and seasons. You go to Jerusalem, wait until the Holy Spirit comes upon you because you will be my witnesses. And this is where Jesus took hold of the curtains of their faith and drew them as far apart as he could. You will be my witnesses. You'll be my witnesses in in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the uttermost part of the world. That must have blown their minds, but they they hadn't got the message that Jesus was told, teaching them through his ministry. Finally, they got it. They went to Jerusalem. They waited. The Holy Spirit came upon them, and they went out, and they were totally changed people. 3,000 souls won on the first sermon. Within a couple of days, another 5,000 added to the church. That is the sort of growth that God is looking for amongst his people in this day and age. There has to be a multiplication. There has to be a multiplication of people because God is into birthing. He's into bringing life, life eternal. If you knew who was speaking to you, said Jesus, you would ask for the water that he can give you that will well up from your being, bringing forth Life, yeah. not only bringing life into you, we used to sing some of you are of my age group, uh, and if you can remember when television only had three channels you 're in my age group. Some of you who are in my age group will remember uh, remember a hymn we used to sing as kids in Sunday school. Have you had a kindness shown? pass it on you know it. It it, it has to go from you. It cannot remain with you. It has to go from you. And sometimes, you know, we can get so excited, but we are so full of British reserve that we put the damper on what God has put into our lives, which he originally intends to flow from us. Is this making sense? Are you getting something this morning? So the spirit gives life, the flesh counts for nothing, the words that we speak, what flows from us is spirit and it is life. Now, I mentioned a few moments ago that the disciples had one final obstacle that needed to be removed. That obstacle is there in the church today. Not something about Israel, But the obstacle is there in the church today, and it needs to be dealt with. It's called 80-20-itis. You know what I'm going to say, don't you? 80% of the work being done by 20% of the people, which is not what God designed his church to be. He designed his church so that under the fivefold ministry ministry, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, and the teacher, we might all be equipped to do the work of the ministry. Sorry, guys, I've got to tell you something this morning. The work of the ministry, the job of the church is your job. The ministry here, the frontline ministry up here, is there to equip you. And come on, we get some good equipment in this church. We've got some good sound teaching. Yeah. Yeah. Now, wherever this, where this river flows, it will, channel, it will challenge that perception. Nobody can sit on the back seat and say, I'm enjoying my Christian life. Why are you enjoying your Christian life? God makes me so comfortable. Well, let me tell you something about being comfortable. Uh, Not long after we met, Pam and I, while we were dating... Do older people date when they're... Okay. (laughs) While we were dating, we used to go to an Anglican church. And it it was sound, a good evangelical message. Lovely people, wonderful people. But Pam would come out and she would weep. I said, what's the matter? They are so comfortable. I want to be taken outside of the box. I want to be taken outside of the comfort zone. When we went back the following week, I sat up and took notice. A lot of comfort there. Hey, this church was situated right in a very rich area. And, uh, but, yeah, comfortable. And then, of course, we walked headlong into the personality of Matthew Beamer, and everything changed. Okay, but I, I can remember being in his house, which was across here in Ortsal, you know, one of those houses that uh, are so tiny, you, you have to say, excuse me, wherever you want to move. <laughs> he took me up to the small bedroom that was functioning as his office, and there on the wall was the vision, step by step. Before he had had time to explain the vision to me, I felt the Spirit of God saying, I want you to pick up that vision and I want you to run with it until I tell you otherwise. We've been doing it ever since. So what's your vision? Where are you standing on the riverbank at this moment in time? Is the, as the Lord sat you down and started to talk to you about your life, about his desires for your life, you know, we heard uh, we heard Mark mention uh, about sickness not being God's best, and sitting on the sidelines isn't his best. You know, I'm, uh, I'm of an age now where, I've got to be content. Like, uh, like Dave, like Peter, I've got to be content with watching a rugby match from the sidelines. I can't get involved. And the way some of those scrums operate, there is no way I want to be involved at my age. But you see, God doesn't function like that in His kingdom. Everybody has a purpose. Everybody has got to be involved, and we're running out of time. And... Uh, Do you know, I don't know how much of this you're you're going to get because I've got so much that, uh, yeah, that river, it it wells up. uh, When God puts a word in my heart, it wells up so much that I, I forget about time when I'm teaching and when I'm preaching. I don't know where this is going to go over a period of time, but God is wanting to do more with this church than has happened to date. There is something in God's heart that wants to make this church pulsate. Look, the early church... When Peter and John were dragged before the Sanhedrin and questioned over the the man who was healed at the gate of the temple, what did they do? What you should always do when your back is up against the wall, get alongside people who believe and, uh, and pray like you do. They went back to their own people. They told everything that had taken place, and then they prayed. And by the time that they prayed Scripture... They went back to the Word of God for their prayer, for, for their prayer. And by the time they had prayed, the very building itself was shaken on its foundations. Yeah. Come on, we need a bit of shaking going on here. Yeah. Yeah. On. Yeah. On. We need God to get hold of this place and, and shake it. Yeah. 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 And there are people here, there are people here who know what your calling is. Get off the sideline. And when you step into that river, please do God a favor. Take your wellies off. (laughs) So many of us are prepared to do work for God, but we like to wear some sort of protection. We like to be safe. God didn't promise you a safe passage. Remember the words of Jesus, guys, listen to me. They persecuted me, they will persecute you. But when he questioned the 12 and later the 70 who he had sent out, when he questioned them, when you were on your journey, did you want for anything? Nothing, they said. Everything was supplied. Now, my God will supply all of your needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. Not according to the financial structures of this world. He will supply your material needs, he will supply your health needs, and he will supply all of your spiritual needs. There's that word again, all. Take hold of it. Listen to it very, very carefully. So the water has got to be in contact for it to do its work. How much of your personality are you willing to surrender up this morning to the river of God that wants to flow and well up from your heart? Notice where that river, this river comes from. In Ezekiel's vision, it came from underneath the temple, from the heart of the temple. In God's dealing with you, what he puts in your life comes from the depth of your spirit. Because the spirit of God witnesses to my spirit. He is bringing it up from the depth. Look, I've been in times of blessing where it felt as though God has had his hand down my throat and he had got hold of the base of my stomach and he was pulling. There are some of you here. Look, we've got two church plants. Pastor Alan and Claire are in one this morning. There's another one in Bradford with Pastor Matthew. That is not the end. Because God, whatever vision he's given us, he is going to take hold of that vision and he's going to stretch it and stretch it and stretch it. If you stand on the seashore at sea level, you look out to sea and you'll see a line. It's so many miles to that line. If you go 100 feet above sea level, you'll see a bit further. If you go 500 feet above, a feet above sea level, you'll see a bit further. And that is what God is wanting to do with us take us out of the comfort zone, take us out of where we are, and lift us up to that point where we have clarity of vision because we know exactly what he is wanting to do with us in the future. Some of you are going to be called upon to give up your jobs and and get into full-time work for Father. Now, you have to sort that out between you and Father. That's not for me or anybody else here in leadership to tell you what to do. You have got to get before God, get on your knees, get on your face. Father, what are you saying to me about this? What do you want me to do next? Some of you will be removed from here and put into strategic positions elsewhere. And there there are other people who will have, for some reason, have left this church. They are going to come back. There's going to be a renewing of fellowship. because this church, right from its inception, and it has continued to this day, has always been an equipping and sending church. Amen? We have equipped a lot of people. We have sent a lot of people. And over these period of years, God is equipping you. And I don't care what you've done in your life, I don't care what's happened in the past. You know, too many people are saying, whoa, 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 hold it, hold it. There are things in my life, there are things in my life that have not been honorable to God. I don't think I can handle this. Let me tell you about a couple. Simon Peter denied him James and John battled for the premier places in eternity, one on his left hand, one on his right hand, much to the disgust of the rest of the disciples. Martha grumbled because of the work that needed to be done in the kitchen while Mary was at Jesus' feet. Saul of Tarsus persecuted the church. He had people killed. He had them in prison. Lazarus was dead What's your problem? Because Jesus dealt with every one of them. And Jesus will deal with whatever is in your life. He will do it tenderly. He will do it, uh, he will do it gracefully. He will do it. And let me tell you something. With the work that has to go on in this part of God's kingdom... He will do it. He'll do it because of us. He will do it in spite of us. But mark my words, He will do it. it. Now it's time for me to draw this to a close. Dave, can you come to the front, please? Bring Karen with you. The reason I've called these two out, Dave and I were having a conversation before anybody turned up this morning. And uh, there's a change coming in Dave's life. Serious change. And Father is going to take them to places they never thought possible. Amen, yes. That's what came into my spirit Amen. this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Bless you, Father. Hallelujah. Glory, glory to God. Father, you know the purposes for which you've called Dave and Karen. You know their future, it is sewn up tightly in you. And, Father, we commend them to you in the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yeah, Father, the hurts of the past have gone. They're healed in Jesus' name. The victory has been given to Dave and Karen. And, Father, all this business with work, the changes that are taking place, mm-hmm. you, were bringing him, him yeah. you were giving him wisdom. You were giving him authority to handle the new situation that he's been offered. Thank you, Father. When people try to put us down, very often you will turn it into promotion. Yes. Thank you, Amen. Lord, yes, yes. in Jeremy. Jesus' name. Yes.
0: Amen.
1: Bless you, Lord. Amen. Bless you, Lord.
0: Amen. Bless you, Lord. <laughs> 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 Bless you, Lord.
1: If God has spoken to you this morning, you now the woman of Sychar, she had an idea of God, but she didn't know Him. Yeah. You can read the Bible from cover to cover as often as you like, but unless you're in a relationship with Father, you do not know Him. And is is there somebody here this morning who is you know God has been speaking to you about your situation you've been outside of a relationship with father but God has been touching your heart he's been touching your life and he's wanting to he's wanted to restore your life he's wanting to look when we when we come into a rela- relationship with God understand something your life is recreated in the likeness and image of Almighty God. Come on, that happens the moment you make Jesus Lord of your life. So there's somebody here this morning, and you need to respond to God's Word. You need to make Jesus Lord of your life this morning. All I want you to do for a moment is to raise your hand. Okay. Okay. But if you're thinking more about this toward the end of the service, there is a team of people here available this side, and they will pray with you. Now, if God has spoken to you this morning, you're in a relationship with Him, but you feel that God is leading you into something else, and you need that touch from God this morning, I want you to come to the front. I love this, when nobody responds. Okay. Bless God. Amen. Incidentally, one more thing about this river. I was working on this for this morning, on Thursday morning in our house. Pam had gone to do the weekly shop, and two people, our friend Bernie and Mary, were sat talking together, and by the end of their conversation, Mary had been baptized in the Holy Spirit. That's the work of the river. That's the work of God's life. That's what He wants to do.
0: You know, each of us needs to respond to what the word is that God's brought this morning. Are we willing to take the river? Are we willing to let it out? Because where the river flows, there's life. There's life. There's life. There's life. Increasingly, Simone and I are finding that as we are going into the the school situation where our children go to school, whether it be with the uh, the parents of other children, or whether it be um, as a governor, which is what I do, that God is just opening doors and opportunities to bring life into those situations. You know, whether it's through CAP or through food bank or through SASH, you know, these are opportunities for people to touch the river. You have your own place of work, your own place of community, of life, your own family, you know, this is where the river needs to be touching in all these places. It's not about us having a great experience in this church building, even though we do and we will have even greater ones. But the river got deeper the further it went away from the temple. You know, the further away from the place you'd expect the intensity to be is where it was deeper, where the intensity got stronger. And For each of us, I think we've got to just respond in our own hearts this morning. You know, you may not be having a change happening in your life, but actually God still wants you to respond and say, yes, Lord, I'm gonna release the spirit, I'm gonna release the life of the river through me this week in the places that I go. Thank you, Jesus. Why don't we just stand a minute? Jesus And just you begin to talk to the Lord yourself, No one can say yes to Jesus except each of us individually. Thank you Jesus. Thank you Jesus, for that river living inside each of us. I thank you, Father, that where that river is released, Father life flourishes I thank you that the desert land the dead land the dead areas in other people's lives and communities are going to be changed because we release that river thank you Jesus thank you Jesus Kurra bassande, de de de, da da da. Bassurra bassande, da da de de de, da